0: Hello and welcome to Neuro Shambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So if you're anything like me and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello, welcome to episode five of Neuro Shambles. Thanks for coming back, Neuro Shamblers. It is a pleasure to have you here. Um, We've got another packed episode where I'm going to be meeting a new guest where we'll be discussing the thorny issue of friendships um, and how our neurodifferent children navigate friendships in their lives. Uh, We're also going to have a lovely it's not all rubbish section where we'll have a new neurodiversity champion we'll have some tiny wins and we'll be rounding off with a whole bunch of what the flip moments it seems like they've been coming thick and fast uh, in recent weeks so i've got lots to share on that front as well so without further ado let's crack on meet the guest Okay, so uh, this is uh, the meet the guest section where we obviously uh, are introduced to a new guest to the show, and this week our guest is Kate. Uh, welcome Hello. to the show, Kate. How are you doing?
1: I am very, very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be
0: here. Thank you for for going into a small cupboard on my behalf. <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> I don't do that at all. I don't insist on guests doing that, but Kate has uh, kindly sat in a cupboard to aid the noise recording side of things. Um, so, firstly, I guess uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about your setup. What what are what are you dealing mm. with there in terms of neurodivergencies in your household?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, firstly, to say that I myself am on the ADHD pathway. Um, the never-ending pathway I think uh the NHS um not in any particular rush but uh, I also suspect autism too but we'll do one thing at a time because you know because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I work um but uh my daughter my darling daughter who for this podcast will be called chosen by herself Ivy um she has just been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder or condition uh, two days ago. Oh wow! So, so is this yeah, just in. This just in. You heard it here first.
0: Uh, wowzers! How are you? Um, how are you all responding to that?
1: Um, we're very happy. She was very, very happy about it.
0: Oh, I love it. Own it.
1: Big cheer when she said, "You know, we think you." meet the markers for autism and she just started jumping up and down. In fact, she actually was like bouncing off the walls Um, and then sort of rather hilariously, they said, and we do think you should explore an ADHD referral as well. (laughs) (laughs) No shit, Doctor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, that was quite annoying actually because I'd asked for an ASC and an ADHD referral to be done at the same time and they, in their wisdom, thought
0: that there wasn't enough evidence apparently for adhd Uh, they do it separately yeah it's annoying Mm. because we had that with jay as well where we i mean it was uh, his adhd was probably more evident than his autism at that stage um Mm. so but but you have to basically do the autism one and then tick that off and then go right to the back of the queue for the adhd one as well which is you know a fun time but it's it's interesting that ivy was sort of um celebrating that as well what uh, why, why is that well in think?
1: her words in the room they said what why are you happy about that and she said just because everything makes sense
0: oh bless her yeah that's amazing so yeah yeah so the, so I guess there's been sort of a, a long journey of feeling a little bit sort of um like a, a a square peg maybe or just just a bit out of um extraordinary let's put it that way yeah
1: very extraordinary lots of out of the box thinking not thinking like everybody else and um yeah she she's just really happy about it and she's been telling everybody
0: what's the topic of the week Okay, so the topic of the week this week is one that I was quite keen to talk about uh, because I think it affects a lot of neurodivergent kids and that is the subject of friendship and how they make friends, how they keep friends, whether they even want any, I guess. Um, And I think we've probably got very different experiences with with our kids. So um, do you want to talk to me a little bit about Ivy and her relationship with friends?
1: Yeah, I think... um... The standout thing uh, for Ivy is uh, that where friendship's concerned, she has always dominated play. Right. So mm-hmm. she's very much a leader, everything's hunky dory as long as she's in charge. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, everybody yeah. is happy to accept the roles that she casts them in in her <laughs> games. Uh, and that all works very well. So um, she she sort of has a group group of friends or actually she just plays with various different um, members of her class at the moment. And usually mm-hmm. there's a show or a performance she's planning. Right. And um, so very structured, as, very controlled very structured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she sort of, you know, puts them all in their, their roles. In fact, that's just reminded me that she said um, the other day that there's a boy in another class who wanted to play in their game and he's got a diagnosis and he's, Quite sort of uh, energetic, shall we say. And um, yeah. uh, some of the children might call him annoying. And she said, uh, Oh, no, he wants to play in our game. So she said, I just thought, Right, well, we're playing kind of cops and robbers. So um, you're in prison, unfortunately. And um, <laughs> And there you'll stay for the entire game, and that's how she dealt with that. And so... she
0: imprisoned the child <laughs> at lunchtime.
1: <laughs> Poor boy, just spent the whole game in the prison saying, "Let me out!" But no, no, we're not, you're not getting out yet. Oh, <laughs> um, no. So that's how she dealt with that one. Uh, but she's actually much better now at listening to sort of other children's ideas and okay. um, trying but, to implement so... them.
0: So early on, then, if Mm. things were not as she'd kind of wanted them to be, if if a child, heaven forfend, would have an opinion on what should happen, how uh, how was that responded to? Um, I
1: think. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know whether she played that much with other children. Certainly, when she was very very tiny, I know sort of toddlers Mm -hmm. just sort of pass each other and um, don't really interact anyway. Um, but when she was very young she preferred to play with me over any children Uh, so she absolutely loved role play that was just her favorite thing to do and um, that sort of came Mm -hmm. about because we would have um, all the all of our toys laid out and she'd have the whole collection of the Winnie the Pooh toys and the whole collection of um, Toy Story toys that wasn't her Uh, wanting the collection or anything we just kind of got them and i used to do the voices of all the um, characters and she was ivy and she was involved in like their world and they would come to life and then we'd play again together so i'd have to do all these different voices don't ask (laughs) me to do any voices now but i will say i was very good at them at the time um and she just thought they were alive she absolutely thought they were alive and that's interesting she loved that more than anything else for a long time, more than playing with any friends. She just wanted to get back home and do role play. That was her thing. Oh, and she would say okay. to my other half, you know, are you go- Daddy, are you going out? Are you going out today? And he'd sort of say, uh, like, I can do. And she just wanted him to go out so that we could just play.
0: Oh, really? Um, that's it, yeah. It's interesting because it's something that um, I think Otto has, um, he has a really kind of uh odd understanding of reality and what reality is Mm. um and it's something i've not really been able to put my finger on it but if we're watching a film he will very often turn to me and say is this real life yes and i have to explain to him that they're actors but i have to do it quite regularly okay well now he's an actor so he is he's a real life person yeah. It's a bit like it's a bit of a head fuck. Well, <laughs> really. I'll tell you what. if you're very literal, he's a real life person playing a character that has been written <laughs> by someone else. And also, yeah. like if if you've got someone who's playing different characters in the same thing, like just
1: absolute minefield. Mind <laughs> mm, that's really interesting because Ivy does do a bit of acting, performing herself. Um yeah. she's mm-hmm. the same and so even though I say to her it's acting like what you've done and she's done green screen acting and you know lots of voiceover stuff, she still can't get her head around it, and she absolutely won't watch anything scary or anything that might you know might give her nightmares or anything like okay. that. Okay, um, and I mean, and that's a big thing for Otto as well, yeah, uh,
0: like watching scary stuff. You're the first person that I've met that that's actually had that, like, uh, that mm. that their child has a similar sort of um confusion about real and unreal when they're watching yeah. something, yeah, and she playing something.
1: often does have dreams about you know what she's watched, and like all of her friends are watching Wednesday day at the moment and some of them are watching stranger things and stuff like that but she just absolutely will right, okay. not watch anything like that no way
0: because, because it's real it's right real. in in her world yeah uh, yeah cuz yeah otto has nightmares about seeing stuff on youtube and mm. like he will and it like just stupid stuff it's not even scary stuff but something will just lodge in Mm. his head and then he won't be able to sleep and he'll be just worrying about like you know like uh, jay watches a lot of kind of youtube video game walkthroughs and sometimes there'll be something that's a bit sinister not like scary but just you know some sinister music or something and that'll just lodge in otto's head and he won't be able to kind of shake that um and it will affect his Mm. sleep and yeah
1: yeah so so
0: Ivy kind of preferred to play in, uh, in 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 kind of make-believe work.
1: Make-believe I guess, and with me, on. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and then obviously she went to school and then it probably was around about there, so maybe not until she was sort of four or five where she would start playing with uh, other children. But again, you know, we had lots of reports where they would say... They used to send little reports back home and they'd say, oh, you know, Ivy was playing today and she was, had this uh, idea, amazing idea. And then everybody wanted to join in the idea and great imaginative play Ivy. And, you know, we got lots of reports back about that sent home. But as I said, it was always seemed to be her leading the play. Um, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't
1: think she would f- necessarily fall out with somebody if, they weren't going to join in her game, but she just, that, she just sort of cut them off. And then that was it. They'd know? be in prison. They'd be next, in prison. The next game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the, yeah. Uh, I mean, I so I recall, you know, cause when you're, when you're, when they're really little, you try and encourage them to play, right? Yeah. And you get other kids and you try and get them to play. And there was always something that I noticed with Jay is that he wasn't particularly interested in other kids mm. uh, and, and playing with them. Um, And I think, I guess part of that is, is them. Not picking up on social cues, yeah. right? Because it's a very uh, sort of non-verbal interaction that you know you seek out other people and you you uh, there's give and take and there's sort of you pick up non-verbal cues and you run with it and you give your own non-verbal cues and it's a much more of a collaborative thing. Whereas Jay wouldn't do that. So mm. I remember once watching him playing with a kid and he'd accidentally hurt this kid and this kid is just crying on the floor, mm. and Jay's just stood there waiting for him to stop crying so they can start playing again. Yeah, and there was no no. <laughs> which made him look like an absolute nutcase so I was like (laughs) watching it going he looks like he's just decked this kid and he's waiting for him to get up to have another go and obviously I'd seen it happen so I knew that wasn't what was happening but I was it it, it looked very strange because he wasn't picking up on this non-verbal communication yeah Um, so (laughs) I noticed it quite early with with Jay Mm -hmm. Um, and and Tam had always sort of uh, from very early on been aware of how he was around other kids I was slightly oblivious to it it took me a a little while longer to kind of uh, to to see it but then once you see it you see it so again just kind of looking at the early years really Mm. because I think I had the same report back from both Otto and Jay's teachers was that they don't have any sort of particular friends but they uh they float around and they join in and they just join in and it was always kind of pitched as like a really positive thing mm. um and there were no concerns from them even though sort of Tam was was you know initially was asking because there was concern there mm. um and they said no no nothing to worry about um i now know having india in reception that's a very different experience mm. because india is suspected neurotypical yeah. and it, it just had friends and would seek people out that she got on with and would uh, and and now she's got a really tight knit group of, of friends and I, i've been through two kids not seeing that so not mm. knowing what was in inverted commas normal uh or what what was kind of uh, achievable yeah. for a child in terms of interpersonal relationships so seeing India do that now it's like oh this is a very different experience
1: mm. yeah i think there's one of those things that again we were asked on the um, assessment um does does she have what she like with friends does she have a, a a friend one main friend best friend and actually yeah ivy's had a best friend since uh, reception and they're still best friends they call each other best friends now but what's really interesting to see is that they are very very different they're they're like chalk and cheese right they don't have the same interests they're quite different as, as little people um and so i i could i sort of couldn't really understand uh why you know they've they've stuck as best friends but they've really got each other's backs and um Uh, Ivy's quite a justice warrior and her friends know that about her and uh, they'll go to her with their problems and um, (laughs) and they'll expect her to stand up for them as well if um, you know something has gone amiss and she does she she doesn't mind that at all she quite likes it
0: it's quite interesting that that uh, Ivy's best friend is someone who's very different from Ivy because I Mm. kind of I always think that, that that people tend to make friends with people who are similar to them. Mm. You go, ah, oh, I like that thing as well. Or I, you know, th- there's a similar dynamic between them typically. So mm. I know that that's, that is true with in India has basically found her doppelganger in right. terms of character and personality. <laughs> and it's absolutely lovely and they seek each other out. And I, I was always kind of wondering if if that um if that's why Jay and Otto, certainly in the early years, didn't have that many friends, is because there aren't many people like Mm. them it's not like they can latch onto that and and go oh you're a bit like me so let's group together Mm. um and actually I was talking to Jay about this recently and he said that the only person in the world that gets him is this boy and he said this boy's name and he said this kid that he met on holiday Mm. (laughs) who was like a couple of years ago who he's like met once and he was this like obviously neurodivergent kids. Yeah, like yeah. I they were they were like peas in a pod. And I like and they it was absolutely lovely to see yeah. and they would just talk at each other and they would interrupt each other and they put their <laughs> hand in each other's faces and they, and they didn't care and they were just like the, just the same energy and they'd run around and later do sword fighting with sticks and and hit each other and hurt each other by accident but not really give a shit and it yeah. was it was amazing to see and he's just latched onto that and gone he's the only person that gets me oh, wow. because he's the only person I think that i've ever seen that is is on on a similar kind of level to jay
1: Mm. well what i would say um with ivy is that actually when if if out of school so if we're on holiday or um or if she's got an activity or or, or, you know kind of a club or a summer school or something that she goes to she Mm -hmm. does always head straight for the other neurodiverse kids the neurodivergent kids okay yeah always and and they're always on top of each other (laughs) like and it's just like an instant (laughs) hit but what happens is there'll always be some kind of incident or something. Well, not always, but usually. And then it suddenly ends. That's what I find. So they're kind of right. like okay. really good friends. And mum, can she come over and can she come for a play date? And um, can we do this together? And can we meet up and can we chat on a Zoom and this and that? And then it just sort of all ends. And then that, that's oh. it, over. Whereas the, the friends she's got at school that are different her, not necessarily neurodivergent um has been longer lasting that's what i would say but maybe that's because of the situation yes. i don't know that they're in they see i mean
0: are they are they aware of uh of ivy's neurodivergency oh yeah she's, mean, told she's told everyone, told everyone, everyone. now but yeah, everyone. <laughs> but before yeah. then obviously because you know it, it's been evident for a while i'm sure have Mm. you kind of discussed it and with the with the the parents or is this just a sort of
1: yeah with with her her little group of friends we've all got a you know the usual sort of mum's whatsapp chat and um i've kind of just certainly mentioned things or or said oh i will i'll be sitting in the car park whilst everybody's outside you know everybody's inside because i've got to wait in case ivy is overwhelmed and needs to go home early and so they Mm -hmm they certainly know about her anxiety and um in the yep. in the classroom she is a bit in and out of the classroom um when she finds okay. it overwhelming so I'm sure the kids have fed that back as well um so yeah I don't think it's a surprise to anybody now. know
0: so sort of moving on from the from the early years mm. then we sort of get into I, I guess junior school where f- Friendships become a bit more kind of fixed and a bit more important. I think the social aspect is a bit more important rather than you sort of play as, as groups, and that's where I've noticed that Jay is becoming more and more isolated. I um, guess in the um, and and, and he's that is his choice right as well. Yeah. I mean, he said you know, he said to me, "I barely have any friends, and I don't want any." And uh, yeah. he and it is quite it's quite heartbreaking to watch him as he sort of drifts around the playground on his own. And um, I say, I, one of the things I need to do is also to sort of check myself and realize that I'm actually projecting onto him. I'm projecting something onto him that yeah. I would want. I would want friends. Yeah. I would want to be popular. Social norms. Uh, and, Yeah, exactly. And I I'm projecting that onto Jay when he doesn't seek that, if anything, that would cause him more anxiety and more dysregulation. So Mm -hmm. he's very good at self-regulation. And um, he's found at lunchtimes because that was a big thing for him as well. At lunchtimes, he didn't want to go in the playground. I I, I, kind of in hindsight now, it's the sensory overload. So he just is given special dispensation to just go in the library and read. Mm. So he's absolutely fine with that but I remember once and the first sort of inkling that something was very different was when he told me he was in the playground and he was like, the boys were like, started making fun of me. Uh, And I was just trying to meditate. And I was like, "Um," I mean, firstly, he doesn't know anything about meditation. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, right. Okay. Okay. Um, So it it wasn't like he'd practice meditation. Um, But he said, yeah, I was trying to meditate. I was like, well, where were you trying to meditate Jay? And he went, Oh, in the, um, In the sunniest part of the playground. Mm. And I was like, and where is the sunny part of the playground, Jay? And he went. It's in the middle of where the boys are playing football. <laughs> oh <laughs> and I was like, oh God, lie. no! Cross-legged. So this literally, <laughs> literally going um. um. So then, so then he they start taking the piss out of him because oh. it's it's an odd thing to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like be oblivious to everyone else. And he's going um. So they start taking the piss out of him and going <laughs> um. So he then gets annoyed at them and decides to walk off. And then they start sort of following him and doing it and and um I sort of reflect back on my school days and I know that there was always at least one kid in the playground that was just the little weirdo yeah. you know that would just be on his own right and yeah. he'd just be talking to himself or <laughs> meditating or whatever it was at the time in the 80s okay. um and I just sort of the realization that that's Jay
1: yeah, yeah. and also
0: the re- the also the realization that the that that kid at our school was more than more likely than not neurodivergent. Yeah,
1: but we didn't know, did we? It just just wasn't a thing.
0: Know. No, exactly. Now Otto is a very different kettle of fish, as I kind of explained in in the last episode um, about special interests. He's suddenly got into football, right? In a slightly almost too intense way, but right. he's he, not. But I think socially it's comforting to him. He Mm. sees that there's lots of kids play football at lunchtime and it gives him this little kind of social crutch to lean on because he can just go and play football with them and he doesn't have to interact with them really in any meaningful sense because they're playing football, they're playing a game and the rules are defined and he knows what's expected. Um, And that that has actually been incredibly good for him, I think, um, in terms of having... This, this group of people that you can hang out with yeah he he's conversationally he finds things really difficult so he needs these little crutches to to kind of hang stuff off so like at breakfast time he'll just fire questions at people yeah. And it is quite, you know, I haven't even had a coffee. Yeah. He's yeah. just like asking me, Dad, Daddy, what's your least favourite animal? Yeah. Like, I don't know, what. Um, I haven't thought about yet. this. And he'll just be firing questions at everyone else around the table. And I've I, I realised now that it's because it's a conversational thing that he can start, mm. that he doesn't have to have an opinion on anything, really. Um, And it, it, it's almost just like a scaffolding that he can yeah. have those conversations. And I think he's a bit like that at school as well. He, he does a lot of riddles.
1: Yeah. Oh, riddle Ivy you. loves um, riddles.
0: Oh, really? That's a thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. loves
1: them. I tell you, um, she, she really loves uh, as an extension of that. Um, things like um, there's uh, treasure trails and escape rooms and
0: yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, anything like that it gets her brain thinking sort of outside of the box. So she, yeah. We're big fan of escape rooms.
0: So, in terms of sort of Ivy's relationships, then, um, uh, the mm. the anxiety that she kind of feels is is does she kind of pick on up on the sort of the politics of uh, of friendships, or is she largely um, sort of oblivious to that?
1: No, yeah, she does pick up on uh, politics in in general, and also she quite likes a debate. Okay, so. so I'd not say that she necessarily starts drama or I don't think she's like that, but she she quite likes going, okay, so now we're having a debate and then kind of going into that. Um I mean actually one of her very favourite things to do at the moment, I don't know whether Jay's there yet, but roast battles.
0: Oh That's my god, Jay would absolutely murder me. <laughs> he would he roasts me every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think um both of my two boys are, are very they they are just oblivious to the, the politics of it they're, they they mm. they don't pick up on it um and they're not involved in it which is actually quite it's quite nice in a way yeah. because they're like you know you get the whatsapp groups and there's someone that recently on one of the parents whatsapp groups like waded in and went what if your children has been awful to my child and i'll be oh. reporting to the teacher and and then Sorry, like someone know. else was like look if it's my child can you just fucking tell me instead of being all cryptic it. about it And it was mm. all just sort of going on and someone's going no don't name and shame i know and it's like that does not involve jay
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: going to mute for 8 hours and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually quite nice because I know that just j- Jay's just not going to be involved in that kind of thing. It's, it's not his bad. vibe. Mm. So that was quite nice. And also they don't they don't sort of uh for example there's a lot of parties, you know, birthday parties now yeah. are not whole class parties. They are yeah, more selective. specifically this is my group of friends. Mm. They're more selective. Um and again neither of the boys uh, are aware i think uh, of of other people getting invited to parties or going are you invited to that person's party and uh, you know i invited them and they didn't invite me they're not they're just oblivious to that mm. so there's not they don't feel left out or slighted by any of that which is again quite <laughs> it's a bit of a bonus
1: yeah i think weirdly parties seem to have sort of died out and um, I, I was just thinking oh no, I forget to invite to parties. And I thought, actually, she hasn't been invited to one for ages. Maybe she doesn't get invited to parties since, anymore. <laughs> since,
0: since the roast battle, yeah. coincidentally.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, she
0: started dissing everyone's mum. Yeah,
1: well, this is it. Um, <laughs> out of control. So I, I don't know, maybe she doesn't, but um, yeah, she certainly will meet up with friends in holidays and, you know, we try to kind of get groups of them together mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think, I think she's still getting invited to parties.
0: So you do have play dates and and stuff, and, and um, she goes on play dates.
1: Yeah. So what's interesting about play dates with Ivy is that she's always desperate to have them, or she was uh, for certainly the last couple of years. Um, but it she, she at parties, at any parties and play dates, we've got about forty five minutes to an hour of intense playing, and then she's done. <laughs> so
0: yeah okay
1: so a party or a play date like sort of unofficially lasts a couple of hours and so we sort of have this dilemma where she'll invite someone over and then after 45 minutes she goes um what time are they leaving uh, sort of quite, <laughs> and you're like well in like an hour and 20 minutes so <clears throat> and then she says okay well i was gonna go and get my ipad and go upstairs <laughs> and i then you're like with your friend, and she's like, no.
0: <laughs> oh no! So no, do no. you have to do the entertaining then?
1: So then, yeah. You, then you know you've got uh, we've got to find something to do with a <laughs> ten-year-old on their own who you don't know very much about. Um, <laughs> no, we sort of have to make, make her. So then she sort of begrudgingly plays for another half an hour. This person who's in her house uh, that she invited. Oh,
0: <laughs> We had that with Jay. The Jay once had uh, like one of so uh, a lot of Jay and Otto's friendships are ones that Tam and I have cultivated yeah. over the years. They're like NCT friends. Like his his oldest friend is an NCT friend mm. that we just he for whatever reason they get on really well and it's really lovely. And then there's another friend that we've known for ages, and she came over uh, for a play date, and it was. Um, just i was i was cooking food for them and jay just kind of walked in and just started taking his clothes off oh that's <laughs> like, okay. like and she was in the garden it's that like, what kind are you of doing? party <laughs> <And> then, exactly <laughs> i went jay what are you doing and he went i'm gonna go and have a bath I was oh. like, but <laughs> your, your friend your friend's here and he went well that's no excuse for ignoring her personal hygiene
1: <laughs> Oh, I love
0: that. <laughs> and then he, so I was like, no, you can't. You can have a bath later, um, but your friend is here, so should we just uh, do that? Um, and and Otto is, uh, he's better at playdates, but mm. again, he's very intense and mm. it's very high energy and he can't, like, contain his excitement and he wants to get everything out and show him everything. Yeah. And, like, his his best friend is, um, is an only child uh, who is not used to the the intensity of our house our household is pretty full-on <laughs> and i sometimes see it's like shell shock um to some of these kids and uh where they just the noise and the constant sort of back and forth between the, the boys in particular um but i think now he actually quite likes it yeah. So yeah. <laughs> he kind of wants to come around to the madhouse <laughs> yeah. because like he could he can stand on the chairs and stuff and i'm not gonna get mad. There you go. um, so. That's that was quite nice, um, <laughs> and the other. I mean, back in the early days when you're sort of trying to work out who their friends are, mm. they would go for play dates, and mm. you'd have people over for play dates. And there was a few times that Jay would go for a play date, and you, you would never hear back from them. again. No. <laughs> they would never be. <laughs> they would never kind of <laughs> offer to come around to ours, and he's just like, I don't know what happened in there. I don't think I want to know what happened in there. <laughs> but I do know that we're not welcome
1: back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes
0: sense. <laughs> One of the things about play dates because they don't really get invited to play dates very often now, and they we don't they don't. And I said, say to Jay, do you want to have a play date? I mean, Otto will he'll he will want a play date, but uh, uh, Jay won't. I will. I say, do you want to invite someone over? It's like no. Why would I want to do that? So I said, like, okay. But I sort of miss that because yeah, for me, it's almost like test driving a neurotypical. <laughs> like you know, I get someone. Half the words that I remember, sort of going, "Oh, your 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 dad's coming soon, so can you get your shoes on?" And she fucking did
1: she it. she was first time. Twenty minutes later, you were like, <laughs> um, <laughs> "I couldn't believe
0: it." She just sort of just went. She did it. She didn't argue. She didn't like. There was no questioning it. She just went and did it. And I was just like, "What? What else can I get her to do?" <laughs> It was it was incredible, and it was uh, I kind of miss those days where I actually get to to have a little test drive of a, of a neurotypical. Every now and again, <laughs> they're going to secondary school now. Uh, Jay and mm. um, and Ivy are going to secondary school next year, and there's I'm sure yeah. there is some level of kind of awareness of that, and that there's going to be a split of friendship groups, and that's always i think in for a lot of people that's quite a difficult thing to navigate um Mm. and again it's something that my two boys have both been completely immune to so sometimes in in school Mm. in 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 primary school they mix the years up don't they they're just like ah fuck it let's just mix them up and see what happens like oh thanks (laughs) guys which i can't
1: i hate that (laughs) Mm. yeah they only did it once at um, ivy school which was uh, in year three they t- have an extra intake so they had two classes up to year two and then in year three they take mm-hmm. four classes so it's quite a big school um and then they mix them all up at that point and i'm really glad they didn't do it again because right, i okay. just think oh that's just we wouldn't have needed that that would not have gone down well with her at all
0: so how aware is ivy of the sort of the the friendship groups going up to secondary school Because obviously that's another potential jumble of friendships, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, The majority of her friends, in fact, all of her friends will go to the school that's at the end of our road. Um, I think it's really important for her. And I think it's probably going to be the one, the school that we choose because of that reason, because of her current friendships
0: um i mean for, for jay friendships are not a driver of where he wants to go basically at all like mm. I, at the moment and it's i'm getting a lot of parents going oh where are you gonna go it's like uh, it's like i can't mm. i cannot choose a school for jay based on how good the art class is or what extracurricular activities i yeah. basically have to choose a place that's not going to completely crush him when it gets there um yeah it, which is you know just a sad reality of, of how he you know he's He's kind of coping with school at the moment, um, and 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 his he doesn't he's not really attached to people. So the fact that the majority, like the vast majority of of people at his school, are going to go to one of two different um, secondary schools, makes no difference to him at all. He doesn't care about that. Which in a way is quite nice because there's no anxiety around that of if he, if he's not with like that friend or this friend. And also when they mix classes up, you know, his, his closest friend was put in a different class. um, And Mm. he was just like, well, I'll see him in the playground. He's not dead, is he? (laughs) So he wasn't, he wasn't adversely affected by that. So in a way it's kind of, you know, that, that's, it's quite good that he's sort of resilient in that, in that way, I guess um and similarly one of his closest friends moved away this is the this is the friend that that he took a bath uh when they're having a play day (laughs) um but one of his closest friends moved away and left the school and loads of the kids were just in absolute floods of tears she was really popular and she was a lovely kid and you know i felt quite sad about it uh but she's just dead today now that's it. No. <laughs> like, and that's not him being yeah. cold. It's just like, well, he can't change it, I guess. And and I th- maybe he just assumes that he will see her again, and he will. I'm sure he will. And when they see each other again, they'll be, you know, really close friends. But and they'll mm. and they'll get on. And you know, he might not have a bath in the middle of their play date. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's not. It didn't affect him. Like emotionally, it didn't affect him because he didn't mm. have that kind of attachment. Um, whereas. Otto again is very different he forms very intense bonds um, with people and that's a worry uh, I think like so he's he's very he's got a really really close friend and they do everything together and I, I can imagine that that's quite um that's quite a lot for, for his friend to take on you know and if they end up going to the same secondary yeah. school together um, because because tam had i was talking to tam about this because tam is a secondary school teacher and they had a kid in their school who was neurodivergent and he had a really intense friendship and they sat him next to his friend for every lesson um and eventually the friend was just like i want to make new friends i don't want to do you know what i mean and like and and it's true it's not fair on him to to be sort of sort of like um hamstrung with this one very needy friend and then that became a big you know a big emotional um Mm. upheaval for both of them i guess and i i I worry a little bit that 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 might be otto's mo when he when he moves up jay and otto will never realize this but they are each other's best friend like yeah. like yeah. they get on so well while Jay's in the mood <laughs> obviously when he's done yeah. he's yeah. done but the amount of joy they get from each other and that sort of interaction that they have with each other when everything is, you know, neither of them are dysregulated, is absolutely joyous. And it's so, like, when if we go out with a group of people, they will find each other and they will just go and play together. And, and they they are so comfortable around each other. And that is really what friendship is. But they'll neither of them will ever realise it. And I think, in a way, that's a little bit sad that they won't. But in a way, if I ever pointed it out, it would ruin it.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i think you're probably quite lucky that they you know they could find that common ground because i think like so many people that i know that have neurodivergent kids they're just like
0: oh they are like that as well believe me they are the like that oh, right. <laughs> it, they are constantly at war but um there are there are just these moments where they just really connect and and in a mm. way that. In a way that they don't with others. And I guess maybe it is because they're both neurodivergent. That that might be it. Like yeah, you're saying maybe. that Ivy sort of seeks out um neuroid- <laughs> like a drug sniffing yeah. dog, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I know where the neurodivergency is. And you go and find it yeah. seek it out. Um and like jay goes to this uh, to the inbetweeners club right which is something that is run uh, by joe who was in our first episode basically for neurodivergent kids after school to basically just it's there's no rules it's a lawless right. place but they the, the, Jay actually loves it and and all of the kids just you know because J- Joe is so good at creating an environment where people can just let loose and not feel judged and <laughs> that's a really good place yeah. for him to go and again you know that's not for everyone <laughs> so maybe yeah, that's it good. And, and you know the thing that Joe was saying uh in the first ever episode was about george who's her neurodivergent son who's now gone to uni and he's found his own group of friends and they're all neurodivergent yeah and they just gathered together like voltron they found each other and formed this collective so one of the negative things i found of having uh neurodivergent children who don't find it easy to make friends uh is, is this lack of play dates and this lack of kind of support when you need it. Mm. Um, because I don't have many people that will happily just take Jay uh, for yeah. an afternoon yeah um or or we'll take all of them like so me and tam could never have that no. time uh to just spend with each other and i'm sure that adversely affected our relationship in the longer term mm. um as a result of it that's not obviously the only reason that we separated mm. but it, i'm sure it's sort of uh had had a part to play in it because it's not like someone could go I oh, will take you all of your kids for the weekend because there's three of them two yeah of them are minority virgin and pretty full-on yeah. so there's already it's quite a big ask so um and that's kind of uh, that's a bit of a shame it says India's got lots of people that I can call on right. so I I got called for jury duty recently oh. and I was well excited oh, I was like, yes I I am I have been called upon to dispense justice I am born <laughs> for this uh I was well excited about it and then I then I had to look at the logistics of what I'd have to do, right? Because I'd have to arrange for people to get the boys into school yeah. and to get India into school and also to pick them up after school and have them at theirs before I was done dispensing mm-hmm. justice. Mm. Um, and I got loads of people that I could call on for India. Yeah. like, like There were lo- I could have given her to a different set of people every single morning and after school every single day without any worries but I couldn't call on anyone for the boys Mm. and I had to basically defer it. I I had to basically say, I can't, I can't do jury duty because there wasn't that support. And I think that's, um, that is a real downside. And that's the reality of, 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 you know, dealing with, well, certainly my brand of neurodivergent yeah. children. Um, I think you probably have that less. Say with Ivy. Yeah, I mean,
1: first of all, there's only one of her, and I think so. That's, uh, yeah, that, true. That there is only easier. one Ivy. I've, yeah, I'm absolutely sure of that. Um. I'm very lucky because we've got um, I've got my sister, Auntie Rach, and uh, she has her aunt on my partner's side, and they live nearby. And what we do is okay. we take it in turns for them to come and babysit um, if we're if we're out and about. Um, we don't do mm-hmm. it as we don't go out and about as much as we would like to because of Ivy's anxiety. It's right. Okay. uh, She can manage it for the odd night here or there, um, but um, it's certainly not. You know, it might be once a month or something like that, which sounds like it's probably Mm -hmm. a dream for you. But um, and um, (laughs) we're quite lucky, but we just don't do it as often as we'd like to because we don't want to leave her, you know, unattended for too long. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only. the only parent of neurodivergent kids who has this kind of experience Mm. uh in terms of uh people not being able to or not being willing to to take take the strain a little bit I guess um and I guess one of the other things that I think is a little bit sort of uh I feel like you know uh, parents in my situation and Tam's situation take a bit of the brunt there because we also miss out on friendships ourselves because because we're sort of I feel a little bit removed from certainly in Jay's case less so in Otto's case um but I feel slightly sort of isolated from those parental conversations about oh like you know you you can take them to the football or um you know we'll we'll spend a weekend away camping with you guys or you know we don't have we're we're sort of isolated from those parental friendships as well because they you know hang out together and go for drinks together and we don't really have that so we're sort of again just kind of feeds into the sense of social isolation that I think lots of parents
1: neurodivergent
0: kids feel uh, to a greater or lesser degree one thing I wanted to to do as well was to look at like the future of friendships this is what mm. i'm quite interested in is how how what kind of friends will our kids be in the future mm. um because you know obviously you know we've we've all got friends as adults and uh, they are very multifaceted uh individuals and uh i was just wondering what sort of friend you think ivy's gonna be in the future
1: um well uh a f- friend herself uh, i think she I think she will um be she's very honest very honest person she cannot cope with uh, anybody lying that, that doesn't make any sense to her um so she um so I think she will be somebody who's you know sort of qu- quite honest she would go to her for an honest opinion if that makes sense and yes, uh, yes. like I said you know before she's she's very much a leader so um so I wonder if she'll have friends who are, you know, still kind of are quite happy for her to make the decisions and then they'll just go along with it. Or, um, I actually asked her, I said, what, I said to her, what sort of, um, friends do you think you'll have in the future? And she's just said, theater people.
0: (laughs) Just that generic type of theater person.
1: Uh, yeah. So, Um. Yeah. So whatever that means, that's that's where so she I, sees herself as having
0: future. <laughs> I was I was sort of projecting into the future. I I think Otto will be like super loyal. Mm. I think he'd be a very loyal friend. He will always be there and he always be available. But he will also be very needy. Yeah. You know those kind of friends who need support all the time and need affirmation all the time yeah. because. The way that I sort of describe Otto to people is it, it's like he needs a Sherpa through life. Yeah. <laughs> He needs someone to go a little bit ahead of him just to clear the path. And to, so he knows it's safe and
1: yeah. that can
0: show him when he gets into trouble, maybe carry some of the heavy baggage yeah. <laughs> um, to, to help him sort of navigate it. And I think he'll find friends that don't mind doing that, 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 that then kind of appreciate his um, his love of life and his, um, you know, his
1: yeah, energy.
0: His, he's a he's funny as well so I think yeah so yeah, P, yeah exactly he'll he'll find people like that but so my hope for him really is that he meets people who who are kind of who work alongside him in that way that it, possibly neurodivergent people yeah
1: um
0: in fact him him and Ivy would get would get on very well
1: because yeah they probably would Otto
0: is very dramatic <laughs> and also he's a he's a follower not a leader yes
1: um, Ivy because, would
0: love that so I think they would get on very well. Um, Jay, on the other hand, I think is his own person. So I think think Jay will make friendships. Mm. And I think when Jay is on form and when he's on board with the situation, he is just a magnetic person. He's funny and he will bring people with him by the sheer force of his personality. But once that night's over you will not hear from him again for like yeah. two years and he will be fine with that. And he'd be like, like, cause I think we've all got these kind of friends with like, you have these really amazing times with them and then just nothing for ages. And then you'll meet again and it'd be like, n- no time has passed. And you're still like really close friends and it's really lovely. But again, you don't really hear from them and i get the feeling that jay's going to be the kind of person that like phones you up at four in the morning and says you've got two hours to get to heathrow i've put some tickets to cuba in your name yeah,
1: brilliant <laughs> that would be great. And you're
0: like well i'm coming with you that's yeah. it i've got no choice and and he's i think <laughs> that's him that's, that's him what he's going he to sounds like,
1: like um have you heard of object permanence
0: <laughs> no well i mean the the concept like yeah john piaget's yeah. yes
1: so uh, i think um because i i think i have object permanence i thought issues. you're
0: talking about a band then by oh, the way that when no you first said that I was like
1: <laughs> no 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 so um no yes. it's that sort of thing um that kind of um inability to uh remember remember people if they're not right in front of you like they don't yes. they don't exist yes. and i i slight i can actually identify with that um I do that myself and sometimes I just, I did it the other day, I was driving, um, I have got a friend who I go on walks with every now and again and I was driving past the end of her estate where she lives and I actually said to myself, oh Sarah, she exists (laughs) in the car, that's what I said to myself. (laughs) And then I just thought, oh, God, I haven't get, got in touch with her for ages. That's, I should get in touch and have got home and, like, kept, picked up where we left off, you know, like, six months ago or something. Um, that's really interesting. I've yeah. never
0: thought about that as as being a trait of Jay. And you're absolutely right. That's the whole thing about his friend, like, leaving school. And he's like, that's totally fine. I'm like, he's not.
1: They don't exist.
0: Because she's dead to him, right? It's outside,
1: out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, that makes perfect sense. He's very in the moment and in the in the present, and
1: doesn't mm. really
0: think outside of those boundaries. I guess that's really interesting. Mm. You've helped me see my child in a different light. There you go look it up. Which makes me worry about when I go away for a weekend. I'm dead. Yeah. To you. Um, yeah dead. I did. I did. Actually, it did happen once. I came back one weekend, and I was like, "Did you miss me?" And he went, "Well, I missed your pizza. <laughs> Mummy's was dismal." And Tam was standing right next to him. It's like, oh, thanks.
1: It's not all rubbish.
0: So this is the uh, it's not all rubbish section of the podcast where firstly, I'm going to ask you if you have any neurodiversity champions for me, anyone that you want to champion who has done some sterling work in the world of sort of supporting and understanding neurodivergency.
1: Oh, yes, I do. I would like to mention a company called Appear. Which is a double P- and okay. E-R. um, they're a uh-huh. Surrey-based nonprofit organisation, and they're run to benefit autistic girls and women and those around them. And they have um, uh-huh. lived experience-led uh, practitioners, if you like, and they uh, they provide on an online and in-person sessions uh, and programs, which, in their words, support a positive peer approach. So. Um, Ivy's been involved with them for a little while, um, taking part in their online gaming sessions and in-person gaming sessions. Oh, wicked. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. they do Roblox sessions and Minecraft sessions, and they all just get together and play, really, um, online. And then they also take them uh, sometimes to a place called Overworld, which I think is in Woking, and it's a gaming space and VR space space and uh, they're just a lovely friendly company and um, it means when we obviously go out and about uh, and they meet up with each other these girls that the parents can obviously meet up with each other as well and yeah so, so many interesting conversations get started that way um so yeah i would highly recommend checking them out they are up
0: here oh that's lovely thanks for that um I, as with any of these neurodivergency champions uh, I put them in the show notes for the podcast so if you're listening to this and you want to check them out I'll put the address for them in the in the web address for them in the podcast and you can check it out yourselves uh, awesome thanks for that also if anyone listening has any neurodiversity champions that they want us to mention um, please feel free to email me at hello at neuroshamblescom and I will try and um, give you a shout out if I can that'd be great wins the next bit is the tiny wins section which i do need to rename because i these aren't tiny wins these are i think Massive i'm going to rename it tiny epic tiny epic wins <laughs> because they are tiny in a neurotypical world but to us it, they are fucking epic yeah. um and i think i i uh, yeah i'm gonna probably rename that section um but do you have any tiny epic wins? Well, I mean, for us? you
1: know, obviously this week massive win because we got Ivy's diagnosis. So that,
0: yeah, awesome. That's, yeah,
1: you know, probably one of the biggest days of our life, actually. Um, uh, the other one that's just sort of happened over the last few weeks is that um, Ivy's a toe walker. She walks on her toes. Okay. And mm-hmm. she's done that since she was about two, and mm-hmm. that, of course, now means that um, because her calves and tendons have not been used in the way that they should have been she can't actually put her heels down now without you know having to lean um so she can't stand mm-hmm. up straight with her heels down so we've been um on various um physio appointments and you know trying to stretch them out and everything but it's, it's not really going to happen but actually what happened uh, in the last couple of weeks is that we went to see uh, somebody else via the physio and they've custom made her some boots um that have like a wedged sole and then a wedge inside like an insole Mm -hmm. so it means that her heel has got some connection to the floor and not all of her weight is on the ball of her foot um and so by all accounts it now looks like she's walking flat and she's not walking on her toes oh amazing which is brilliant because especially going into secondary school you know that is just going to be a red flag for people to say yeah. why are you walking on your toes um yeah of course and also one of her fre- friends one of the boys said oh your boots are cool they look like Jordan's and um, so she was delighted with that. Um,
0: nice. Because they're quite nice.
1: big boots. They're quite clumpy boots. They don't look like, you know, kind of, if you look closely, they don't look like shoes that most kids are wearing. But at the same time, she now looks like she is walking flat, not walking on her toes all the time.
0: Yeah, that's wicked. So so where did you hear about those?
1: Well, it was via the um, physio. So she's been doing physiotherapy okay. for a long time. And then they kind of referred us onto somebody else within that chain or within the nhs um so these boots yeah. i mean they're a, a couple of hundred pounds a pair but it's through the nhs so we don't have to pay which is great well
0: so are jordans so. yes
1: exactly <laughs> so um so that was a small win for us because um yeah now she's walking looking like she's putting the heels down and hopefully that
0: wicked uh yeah, yeah that happen. is an amazing win yeah
1: what the flip
0: the next section is I want to um, the what the flip section. This is where we uh, highlight things that our children have said to us that make Random us go things. what the flip, just completely bizarre things that that get thrown our way, and we just have to do a bit of a double take and then go, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> sure. um, so uh, I've got I've got a few. Have you got any for us this week, Kate?
1: Oh yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, my, um, mom, bless her, has been keeping notes actually since I, oh, great. Ivy was able to talk and she, um, she, uh, writes down all like, you know, funny things she said, whether Ivy knew they were funny or not, which she does most of the time, she sort of knows she's quite funny. Um, and, uh, so I, I said to her, right, I'm going to go back in the archives and, and have a little look. So I picked out a couple from when she was about six. Oh, brilliant. Six seemed to be a good year for um, quotes. So (laughs) um, um, she said, uh, Mum, I think when you die, it's best just to put you in a coffin and rest umbrellas against you in the hallway. So that
0: was did, good... did you did you drill down any further into that, or did no. you just go, yeah, mm. probably is best, and yeah. just you just leave, just walk off don't you? made a note, yeah.
1: Um, and, then, <laughs> and then, as you know, she's always uh, one for performances. So I remember also around that time she said, "Mum, do you want to watch um, mine and Auntie Rach's play? It's an interpretive dance in the reggaeton style of Romeo and Juliet."
0: <laughs> At six,
1: yeah. At
0: six. already already challenging conventions <laughs> at six
1: and it was a very it. interesting performance i must say anti <laughs> Rachel was exceptional oh, it was the performance of her life <laughs> 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 um yeah and then finally just a little sweet one she said um at that at that age as well she said daddy you smell of fresh parchment and radiators
0: <laughs> I love that. That is like the new Calvin Klein <laughs> set. <sense>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fresh parchment uh, and
0: radiators. Yeah. I love it. Um, we've had quite a few this week in particular, and I think the more dysregulated Jay gets, the more he comes out with them. <laughs> so one one this week was uh oh, Otto is more uncoordinated than a one-legged badger. <laughs> Good. That was one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um uh personally, I'd rather work in the minds than do social activities.
1: Wow. Oh wow. Which, <laughs> that's bold. <laughs> I
0: mean, he is no- he is nothing if not self-aware. Um <laughs> uh, my my other one this week. There's been loads of what the flip moments this week. Mm-hmm. Um and this one was I wish I was a mouse, but with all my human knowledge, because I wouldn't have to go to school, so I could use all my time learning to cure a disease. Uh, a, bu- a bird or a mouse or some kind of animal, but I need to be able to speak so I can communicate my findings.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, there's a it, there's lot of a thought lot going into that one. Yeah. Lots
0: to unpack there, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Um the, the biggest question I have is that even in his wildest dreams, he didn't think about just not going to school. Anymore. Yeah. He <laughs> was like, no, <laughs> I have to shapeshift to get out of it and then have to learn to speak as a mouse. Um so as you know from listening to the podcast what I like to do at the end of every podcast is to focus on the positives about your particular child and you know um I'm you know Ivy sounds amazing and full of life and vibrant and uh, fun but can you tell me in your words what is the best thing about your child
1: oh, best thing I mean you know just so many things we've already said like leadership and a sense of humor but I think um I love her creativity. That's just, it just pours out of her. She's so creative and whether it's kind of poetry, she writes poetry. She wrote herself a a poem um, before we went in for the assessment on Sunday, she was feeling very anxious. So she put it down in poetry form, wrote herself a poem about her feelings and uh, you know, she loves art and she performs and she loves her rap battles. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and um, she actually, the other thing that I just love at the moment that she's doing, she started in lockdown um, an online art club. And it's oh, yes. for anyone you know of her sort of age and they get together on Zoom each week and they have a theme and they can create their own art based around the theme. And then at the end, they show each other their artwork and then she picks a star of the week and the star gets to decide the next theme. And she started it in lockdown, and it's sort of come and gone, come and gone, and she's she's back on it at the moment, so it's like a 10-week thing and she sort of has maybe 10 kids on this. Oh um, my God. This is, can we drop in? Yeah, Otto you absolutely can. Absolutely. Otto
0: does. Um, he loves doing how to draw. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: there's like a YouTube, yeah. uh, it's how, to, and, and he loves that because again, think about the Sherpa analogy. Mm. It's someone showing him how to do a thing and then he's produced something.
1: Right. Exactly. So, uh,
0: he will, he will love. Yeah. It. You can I'm drop sure. in. Yeah. Quite into that. Um,
1: the, the, the <sighs> totally theme is the holidays this week, but, um, yeah, last week it was robots, and you know, there's Play Doh, and there's uh, sometimes people bake stuff. We've made a cake one time, oh, and oh, uh, anything you like, but art. Oh, arch
0: oh yes, yeah. Oh, can we we'll, we'll try and join that yeah. on Sunday if we can? So,
1: yeah, creativity has got to be, I think, the best thing about Ivy. Excellent. Okay, so
0: that is, um, that's pretty much it from. For, for, for the show and before i go i will do the usual kind of um just reminding all of the listeners about all of the ways that you can engage with us and contact us um so firstly please follow the podcast or subscribe to it if you haven't already because that kind of boosts its uh, visibility on all the podcast platforms and uh, hopefully gets the word out to more people uh also tell anyone if you like what you hear and you think that they might benefit from it, then please tell them uh, or give us a review if you like. That would be lovely as long as it's not uh, awful. That would be smashing. Um, Also, the socials, we're on the usual socials. We're on Facebook and we're on Instagram. I've I've started to think that maybe I need to more on instagram in terms of what i might start doing is putting some of the what the flip quotes on instagram um Mm. so that that they're just out there in the world because i think that more people need to hear this nonsense uh so i'm going to start doing that i think there's also reddit um so i'm going to start a thread for each show and if anyone wants to discuss anything on reddit then you can do it on that i'm also on threads but i haven't quite worked out how that works (laughs) i'm getting there there's a lot to deal with um and i think that that's it for the uh, the public service announcements all that remains for me to say now is firstly kate thank you so much for talking about uh, ivy and uh, your parenting neuro shambles <laughs> that you've got going on there um pleasure yeah so thanks thanks a lot for coming on thanks so and, much for having uh, me thank you uh, all for listening and all that remains for me to say is have a nice life